socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. So, what's new, fellas? What's good? I'm on season three of The Sopranos. Fantastic. That's how we we talked about Sopranos last week. We can't talk about Sopranos every single episode until you're done with the series, or we'll be talking about it for probably six to eight more episodes. Two more episodes, maybe. At this rate, we're going through (laughs) it pretty quick. So, (laughs) well, so you met um, blonde middle part guy. Yeah, the Ralphie. I think his name is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Joy Pants, Joy Pantoliano. He likes he likes butt stuff. He likes his butt stuff. Mm-hmm. He loves Gladiator. Loves. He loves I mean, Gladiator. to be fair, at that time, everybody did. So Scott just said we can't talk about Sopranos, and now we are talking about Yeah, Sopranos. I gave up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about something else. All week, I'm what? sweating. What's going to be the cold open? And uh, I realize I don't care. We don't have to do I think part of the anything. reason we feel so much pressure to like have something good for this portion of the show yeah. is because we call it the cold open when That's really everyone calls it it's just us talking no i feel like a cold open is it like you comes in like okay mid-sentence mm-hmm. of an already happening conversation and then we're like here's the cold open um uh uh what do we talk about and that like by definition is a uh okay hmm? i got a solution for you i'm saying let let's let's catch up What's been going on in your life, that's guys? Why I press, What's going that's on? why I pressed record right away this time. <laughs> Easter. Nothing. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in. I'm not oh back. I'm not fully vaxxed yet. <laughs> it feels like uh, we're at dinner with our son, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her what's going Tell on at home, school. Kelly. Works fine. How? I'm out of school, Mom and Dad. You know this. Yeah, why don't you go back and get your master's? I don't want to because... My fucking bachelor was useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get I, your master's in I that think, degree you never use? Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd make a great dentist. I think you should go back and get your PhD in dentistry, Kelly. Yeah, you're right. I should. Thanks, See, Mom. He's Love you. Inadvertently, you can tell he's watching Sopranos because that was like clearly sort of an Italian <laughs> mother stereotype. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> we mean going to school. Come on, ma. <laughs> You can't talk to me like this! I'm so busy! It's every scene with Tony Tell me, maybe it upset you that your mom wanted you to go to dentist school. Oh. What are you talking about, that queen? <laughs> oh my god, we watched the episode where she's CGI'd in for it. It's so funny. We just tur- so take funny. a U-turn right back to Soprano land. <laughs> yeah, that was my Love fault it. again, too. I'm actually more obsessed with Sopranos. <laughs> yes, that that CGI, the CGI Tony's mom scene came out like uh, a couple years before fucking Benjamin Button as well. And Benjamin Button gets all the credit for being like the first like we really transformed this actor with CGI, but like captured their performance. And hey, Sopranos did a pretty good job for being like, I think at least a couple years yeah. earlier. I think like the only downside is just that it's like obvious they're recycling lines of her and stuff. That's the only part that's like really awkward. Like the scene is like written to just like include old lines. It's so, it's like watching, um, 
Oh, what's the movie where they did that? Oh, with uh, Princess Leia with um, Carrie Fisher in uh, Rise of Skywalker. They yeah. did that where they like recycled lines of hers and yeah. stuff. And it was really fucking or weird. Or at best, it felt like a reshoot where they couldn't get like Gandalfine had like the stomach flu that day, and so like she just had to like say her lines to like a PA or something. Yeah, it just feels a little off. It makes me feel real bad for who directed the uh, that one, the one when Leia died, the one when. J.J. Abrams. No. no. Famously or not. not. Ryan, so. That's what I'm saying. Ryan Johnson. Ryan yes, Johnson yes. just like stepping into the franchise being like, what could go wrong? And then like yeah. the franchise sweetheart dies <laughs> while they're filming. Literally <laughs> included a fake out of her death yeah, in the movie. Like, which, and it makes me wonder like maybe she actually was supposed to die in that scene. <laughs> and then because she died, they because were, like, she died in sad. real life, they were like, we can't do that. We have to, we know she comes. She's Superman's back. <laughs> she got she's Superman's back into the ship. She uses the force. We'll fi- we'll fix it. We'll fix it. So like, yeah. we've now we've now uh, covered the two thing that men our age love to talk about: uh, <laughs> Sopranos and the Last Jedi. Obligatory things we need to talk about. So Marty, let's kick it off, baby. Yeah, gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> welcome to Swiss Personality Songs. Oh, he didn't like that. Where DreamWorks come true. He hated that. <laughs> That's right. April Fool's Month continues, boys. How, how do you guys think April Fool's Month is going so far? Um, I was asked by our one and only fan. So DreamWorks, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's what's up with that? And I was like, I, t- they're spoofing Pixar. That's it. Aren't we like barely into fucking spoof month? Like we, uh... yeah. But he knows <laughs> he knows he's in, he's no, he knows he's in for a month of DreamWorks films, and I bet he's not thrilled. Because <laughs> guess what? <laughs> hey, I'm not thrilled. <laughs> I think why? If we have any regular we all listeners, agreed. I feel like they know by now. Like the movie we watched, like is sort of not very consequential to the quality of the episode or at least i think yeah no i think yeah. some of the more mediocre films we've watched have had the best episodes because we tend not to talk yeah. about yeah the and that's why i'm doing my best not to uh continue with the episode <laughs> yeah sopranos or... last jedi knives out brink yeah the funny thing with dreamworks month is that I think we all agree this is like we could have come up with a better theme, but this was the only thing we could all really agree on that we were all down to I'm do. I'm fine with it. We did, and that's what's funny. We watched Shrek. Didn't we watch? We watched Shrek around April Fool's last year. Much later. I think part of it is that it's hard to um, find four of something in the spoof world. <laughs> yes. That doesn't get too repetitive. Also, right. Because, like, yeah. yeah, Leslie Nielsen was. Hey, a lot. here's a fun idea. We don't have mm-hmm. to do a full themed month. Holy if shit. If we don't want to. Kelly, you're free to leave. We don't have to Kelly. come up with a theme for <laughs> It's April Fool's hey, Kelly? Day. <laughs> hey Kelly, there's two doors in your room. Take either one out. One does not leave my room. One goes to the closet. <laughs> you can go, yeah, go you stand can fucking Blair, Blair Witch I, yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. <laughs> I did watch that recently. You guys want to talk about that? Yeah. It's spooky scary. No, because this week <laughs> We're reviewing Shrek 2! I'm surprised there wasn't a Blair Witch parody in Shrek 2. <laughs> They're kind of, Well, they do Cops. That's close enough. And what is Cops, if not a parody of Blair Witch? So true. 
a 2004 American computer animated film directed by Andrew Adamson, Kelly Asbury, Conrad Vernon, all three visual effects veterans. This is the second film in the Shrek franchise, bringing back all your favorites from the first film, along with new cast members, Antonio Banderas, Julie Andrews, John Cleese, Rupert Everett, and Jennifer Saunders. The film revolves around our titular hero, Shrek, meeting his beloved Fiona's parents while Fiona's fairy godmother attempts to foil their engagement. This film was a massive success, earning nearly a billion dollars at the box office, and is DreamWorks Animation's most successful film to date, and has held the record for highest grossing animated film until 2010, which was defeated by Toy Story 3. This film was also a critical success, even being chosen to compete for the prestigious Palme d'Or at the 2004 Cannes Film Festival. Wow. Uh, there's... <laughs> There's obviously a lot to go into regarding the Shrek franchise. It's a cultural juggernaut, after all, but we've already talked about it a bunch on our last Shrek episode. But, you know, it's DreamWorks Animation Month. It's April Fool's Month. Of course we were going to do another Shrek movie. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on Shrek 2? It's great. Moving on. Yeah, this one really does feel like kind of just our due diligence, like... Technically, you know what I mean? We're doing this for like a te- or it's yeah. like it's like we had a record contract and we signed on for <laughs> 10 albums and we just want to get that last one out of the way. So, you know, we I'm much more excited for next week's episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was certainly a Shrek movie. None can deny that. Probably the big the biggest hook of this one is that uh shrek turns human um the timing of that moment in the movie i think marty might have some thoughts on i don't know uh but there's a lot of there's a section where they're just like the writer's room let's just we're gonna get all of our holly weird jokes out in this one like five minute segment i don't know it's just it is certainly the next entry in the shrek franchise none can deny kelly take it away (laughs) i okay so many so many thoughts rushing through my head it's like white water rapids up in my brain right now there i remember watching shrek one for this stupid podcast and being (laughs) underwhelmed by it because the animation sucks uh, this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one we're talking on right now. Animation in that one sucks. It's so bad. It's clearly like they the studio did not give a rip about that movie. They upped the budget for this one. Mm-hmm. It's missing John Lithgow, but everything else I mm-hmm. think is an improvement. I mean, you could argue about the narrative, plot, whatever. It's a fucking kids movie. I'm not going to pick this one apart. It's all good. It's like the best. It's It's like... It's like what scary movie and all those other dumb spoofs want to do with like just throwing as many jokes as they can at the screen. But I like most of the jokes. They're just fun. That's how I feel about this film. I think it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's got a great soundtrack. Uh, minus, I think, Accidentally in Love. But I remember most of the other songs. I don't like a lot of the musical bits in it. I also think it's very confusing at the end of the movie, I'm just going to skip right to the end, when she starts singing... Yeah, that's your whole thing, dude. She starts singing, I need a hero. Yes, it doesn't make any sense why she does. And it's like, it's like, I don't think, it doesn't make any sense that you're singing that song when you're trying to, like, get Fiona and Charming to, like, 
it only makes sense. It only makes sense if you're like Shrek is probably doing like an action montage right now. So what I'll do is underscore (laughs) that perfectly. And it's like you think Fairy Godmother would be smart enough to not help put some backing music around that sequence, but nope. Yeah, that's probably why he made it in the nick of time. He made it right in the nick of time. (laughs) That's true. She buys him time. She buys him like a huge (laughs) chunk of time. She's like, Shrek's coming. Gotta kill time. Yeah. <laughs> gotta we gotta kill give time. him some time to do this action we montage. We gotta fill. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> I, this movie, Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. Final Ooh, answer. Oh, Final answer. Yeah, hard disagree. Shrek 2 uh, is... Yes. is uh, overall, this movie just feels like, yeah, like a little disjoint. Well, Marty, I th- you know what? I think you can speak to this. Why don't you go ahead? <laughs> I think... There's nothing wrong with this movie. I agree with most of what Kelly said. Like, exactly the scary movie comparison. Like, this is what all the, like, throw a bunch of spoof, spoofy jokes at a movie. This is what they all want to be. They all want to be Shrek, basically. Shrek 2. And Shrek 2 is actually, like, a little less wait, 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 hold on a annoying than Shrek. Are you saying that scary movie wants to be Shrek? No, I think in terms of joke delivery, I think yeah. it wants to it wants to have a batting average like this movie right. has, I think. Same it wants concept. to be able to, like... Yeah. Yes. Or like, yeah, I guess you're kind of, yeah, that is, makes sense because like Shrek is doing a lot of reference to this, reference to that, but it has a much mm, more yes. cohesive plot than like scary movies. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And likable characters and just all the stuff that makes Shrek into the fucking juggernaut that it well, was. Like the people, people care about uh, but those then characters, you know? Th- going off that argument then, I would submit that Shrek 2 is a lot closer to scary movie than Shrek 1, I say. I would agree with that also. I think I think Shrek works as its own movie much better than this movie does. I think there's two huge problems structurally with the movie. Number one, the inciting incident of the movie happens 50 minutes into the movie. It's wild how much setup five, there is zero, in this movie. That's a 5-0, not a 1-5, right, Mart? <laughs> hey. Because <laughs> 15 minutes is probably like the perfect time you want to bring your inciting incident in. Or earlier, but I mean, like, it's just weird that it's, you could do it any time, it's just that, like, it's weird that it is, like, the setup for the final, like, push of the movie is that Shrek turns into a human, and that's clearly, like, the whole shtick of this movie is building up to that moment, but it's, like, either that has to be the end of the movie, or it has to be the beginning of the movie, it doesn't really work when it's, like, halfway through the fucking movie, this, like, huge decision happens, and everything that comes after Shrek turns into a human is, like, awesome like a legitimately great movie happens the minute he turns into a human everything before then is kind of just like bland and boring and part of that is the puss in boots stuff the puss in boots stuff is just merchandising the only yeah. reason puss in boots in this movie he's is merchandising of, he's the walk of this movie isn't he he's literally he the setup to his character is so great and he's like kind of funny for some punchlines but he provides nothing to the movie other than yeah, that like you, he's you gotta ask is there like 30 minutes of puss in boots material that was cut out of the film because it is so short it literally jumps from he, he gets paid yeah. to do the bounty he tries to kill shrek and fails fucking miserably <laughs> yeah like he's supposed to be this great yeah. assassin and he just died he loses immediately yeah like no like, contest and then he's just like oh i'll help you yeah this is a great idea this is perfect let's do that <laughs> he owes him a debt i think what it is is they're making fun of like um princess bride or something i think he's supposed yeah to be possibly a- yes I think he is supposed to be an Inigo. He is supposed to be like Inigo Montoya, but like it just feels like very. It just really feels enough. like they're trying to force the audience to be like, "You love this, actually." Like 
Puss in Boots is probably your favorite character of the decade, right? And it's like, <laughs> uh, actually, no, DreamWorks, sorry. I mean, he got his own movie. Because they, they needed, made it. They needed something to round out the McDonald's Happy Meal toy lineup. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I've been there. <laughs> I said, give me to, more donk. I've had to write characters into my other podcasts so that McDonald's CEOs are happy with my Happy <laughs> Meal treats those, that I give out. Yeah, all those podcast Happy Meal toys, like when they did mm. the Pod Save America Happy Meal toys <laughs> and the, <laughs> This American Life Happy Meal toys, that fucking rocks. <laughs> Dude, my Ira Glass one, literally oh his, his, you push a button and his, he takes off his yeah. glasses and puts them right back on. He's <laughs> like, up next. <laughs> oh boy yeah donkey great in this movie still would have do- would have loved more donkey donkey's still funny donkey that's is what i'm still saying funny. all the puss and boot stuff give that should be donkey time i say yeah and and i think shrek shrek as a human's kind of a hunk he's a hottie oh he's like sort of a fucking thick zaddy isn't he he is a fucking babe dude <laughs> he's got that sort of like John Ham like big head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big animated head. I love John Ham's big animated yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. He's the, he's like the apple bitmoji in Mad Men. Yeah. This is weird up. Donkey has the best joke in this movie, which is the dinner table scene where everybody's saying each other's names and the donkey just yells his own name. That's like so Classic. funny. To me. It's 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 such a good joke. It's such a I good I feel like joke. I've seen that like ripped off. I hope I hope yes. there's no, I hope Shrek 2 is the originator, but I've definitely seen it ripped off after Shrek 2. I've seen that joke again. You know a joke, my favorite joke in the film, which got me so hard when I was a kid watching this, but got me pretty good this this round, was Pinocchio having to lie, and he comes up with the lie, I'm wearing ladies' underwear, and... Then they he it does his nose doesn't grow, and then they say, "Are you?" And he's like, "No." And then his nose does grow, and it just like escalates a little bit. But they never really like make fun of him for it, which I kind of thought was like okay. Mm, no, but also they there say, are like, a lot. It's a thong, and they're all like laughing when they they didn't laugh. Make this dis- There's a lot. Watch it. Jokes they didn't in this laugh. Movie, yeah, though. no, there is a lot. The whole the whole. Uh, third stepsister thing at the bar yes. that's oh, like yeah. yes oh this does the classic fucking ace ventura does this too or like even like gremlins too yeah they yeah. in in yes. old there's like this classic like transphobic joke of they love to do like somebody's punishment is to have to kiss the androgynous uh character yes yeah got him uh, you know who wrote you know who demanded these jokes be in the script was John Cleese. Notoriously open-minded John Cleese was like, <laughs> I won't be in this movie unless there's a bunch of cross-dressing jokes. <laughs> hmm, I can't tell if you're serious. Didn't he say some other fucked no, up shit? Lying. Yeah, yeah, John Cleese sucks. <laughs> yeah. He was yes. one of the four people that got <laughs> President Trump's Medal of Arts or whatever. Yikes. Oh, wait, no. I think so. And he was at the Capitol really? insurrection. I'm pretty sure John Cleese <laughs> was one of the four. The door down. Trump, okay, just a little side note. Obama and Bush and Clinton and Bush before, they gave out, like, I think 16 Presidential Medal of Arts honors every mm-hmm. year. Trump gave out four throughout his entire presidency. Damn. It's fucked up. He just, that dude just did not It's because he likes nonfiction. 
He's such a fucking piece of shit. I, I gave one to Ronald McDonald. I gave one to the Coca-Cola Bear. I gave one to Scoopy. I gave one to Wendy from Wendy's. I gave one to Curtis because Baron suggested it. <laughs> this is a too local of a reference. You gotta cut this part out. <laughs> if you don't know Culver's, you know, ain't gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You gotta know Culver's. Kelly got way, really dramatic. Kelly, did you die? No, my... No. Monitors. Turn my monitor into night mode. Oh, yeah. Spooky. Don't say he got unfriended, Marty. <laughs> no, that's if he gets pulled away, he gets oh, unfriended. Okay. I didn't say it. You said it this time. <laughs> yeah, this this movie in general, it's, it's as spoofy as Shrek 1. It's just not as, like... There's not as strong a tick. Like, Shrek 1 is, like, so... Like, we are poking fun at fairy tales. This movie kind of does that. It's just not as, like, focused on that. It's much more, like... We're going to tell a story about Shrek, and it's pretty similar to the first movie. Like, it's like, Shrek has to grow up, is like the, the basic, basic gist of this. Uh, I don't know. It's a, a little too... It is, and like, we were making fun of John Cleese a little bit, but like, a little too much John Cleese in this movie also, like, I kind of don't care. Especially since he's not even the main villain of the he movie. the dad? They'll, he was the dad. He was the king. Yeah. He's like... He's, they do a thing in here, which a lot of these movies tend to do when you still want to have, it's like, um, the Mark, not Mark Wahlberg, who am I thinking of? Uh, Jason Statham joining the team in Fast and the Furious. It's a similar setup to that where they don't want to make John Cleese's character too much of a villain, but they're okay with him being horribly racist as long as the reason for his racism is, well, it was benefiting me, so that's why I'm doing that. They just like, they're like, he's not actually racist, it's just like, fucking It would have been more interesting if he was like, he, um didn't want to hate Shrek and he was actually like more of a good guy but the the his role as the king would like forced him reluctantly to forbid sure. this arrangement now there's some real dimensions to this character of the king and Shrek yes. <laughs> yes. edit this in uh apologies to John Cleese I was getting him uh terribly confused with John Voight I got all my Johns mixed up oh yeah yeah, That's the John other, Trump worse. loves Johns in entertainment. A lot of J- Johns. Kelly, don't feel bad. Shitty in different ways. Like John Voight's worse. John Cleese. John Cleese is the kind of guy who's like, I'm a, I'm all about free speech and being open minded unless it's something I disagree with, and then I'm closed minded and I hate people for saying they're what they want. Like, Classic. yeah, fuck that guy. Okay. Yes. Anyways, continue, everyone. Game on. One thing <laughs> we can say is we're not going to be doing any research on any of this shit we're saying. No. <laughs> no, we just did. Yeah, I guess that's true. Live <laughs> research. Live? I'm a live fact checker. That's my role on this pod. Oh, yeah. And I'm fact checking both of you, and you're both wrong. Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still think... Kelly, defend let's it. Let's see what Snopes has to say. Uh, I mean, IMDb had Shrek 2 rated lower than Shrek 1 by 0.6 points, but let's be real. Hey. Shrek 1 has 200,000 more votes so where are the votes you know if if Shrek 2 gets those votes in that that the, IMDb uh, score is going up the white bronco chase the whole cop section of the movie really great parody that's that's a great section of spoof the pepper spray the pepper spray uh, pepper is pepper, pepper spray that's a great joke the, the whole setup of Donkey turns into a white Bronco just so they can do this joke. I love shit like yeah, that. Yeah, but yes, it was also funny. Setup. Donkey as a horse was also funny. I mean, no, I think, no, I don't think it was a convoluted setup because that's what, like, your classic knight in shining armors 
majestic steed would look like. Exactly. So it, it, it just is that. like it's just great luck. That just like mm, yeah. it works out perfectly. It's like puzzle pieces. I loved Fairy Godmother going through a drive-through. See, this is where I get. This is where this movie gets no me. No problem. Is that I feel like Shrek One is so heavily <laughs> rooted. You relate to it. More heavily rooted in like medieval themes than Shrek Two, and Shrek Two is just like what do we yeah, ever Shrek go 2, through? Yeah, Shrek Two they literally through? go to fucking Hollywood. The writers looked out their window and was like, oh, let's make some jokes about that. Yeah, <laughs> they did, and it was great, and I loved it. And that's all I gotta say. Ten out, ten out, ten. Holy as a movie, shit. ten out, ten is a spoof. Wow, come on, you're just being a little stinker. No, I'm not. I really don't think... I don't have that many problems with Shrek 2. I'm sorry. I think, like, literally the production getting elevated wow. up over Shrek 1 is, like, what did it for me. Yeah. I would love Shrek 1 if it was remastered or had some sort of, like, better, like, cameras, some better animation. <laughs> the PS5 version of... I'm dead serious. That movie sucks when it comes to, like, the cam... Like, I cannot stop thinking about how, like, early their camera movements were in Shrek 1 and, like, how bad the animation was and how stiff everything looked. Yeah, you know what I think they should do is make it, like, go back and do it with, like, a pencil. You know what they did? Is they've already recreated, like fans have recreated Shrek 1, and that's what we should really watch, is the fan recreation where everyone does like 15 seconds. I think the CW should probably do a live Shrek series. That's what we should be watching. Where's the art on this podcast? We're sitting here on top of our ivory thrones, (laughs) and we're fucking watching dreamworks films that have been they just get inflated with money and then sometimes that pops and they make a bunch more and other times it fucking just goes flat and no one cares why aren't we watching the real artsy shit that i try to care about and fail to do you want to we can pick artier movies this is not a hard thing for us to do (laughs) there are arty no let's rate it (laughs) you already rated your side so scott go ahead uh, as a movie, I will say 6.2 out of 10, because it's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> Kelly's just mad. As a spoof, well, hold on a second, Kelly. As a spoof, 8.8 out of 10, because wow. Um, because I don't think the, 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 the structure, like the shell that they put all of their spoof jokes in is perfect, like... I do think a lot of the, um, if you zoom in on, on some of the spoofs, yeah, there's some like pretty good jokes, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's like annoying that they're like, okay, we're just going to do 900 Hollywood jokes in a row, but some of those Hollywood jokes were good or, and so on and so forth. So, yep. There, that's me rating as a movie, seven out of 10, not a bad watch, but then minute 50 again, it just turns into a really goddamn good time. I would recommend starting this movie. If you're going to watch this movie ever. Start at the point when Shrek turns into a human and just watch the movie from there. You're not going to really, you're not going to be confused. You don't get you're just to not going to be confused. And it's like, they could have leaned heavier on this, mm-hmm. but it's like Fiona being like, oh yeah, I probably should introduce you to my parents. And it's like, just when they're getting hot and heavy and she thinks it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Like, get a, you guys are fine. Just chill in the swamp for a couple days. Make some babies. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it was the right this was the right natural progression of the thing. That's why it's like, I don't know. It just feels like this This felt like just another installment with the Shrek crew. If you like Shrek, you're going to like Shrek too. That's just how it goes, I think. 
as a spoof, 9 out of 10. This is not a bad spoof. There's so much parody in this movie, and some of it, none of it's, like, bad. The misses are just like, okay, fine, like, whatever, you just ignore it. But, like, some of the parody is legitimately great stuff. It's not as focused as the first one, and it's not as, like, we are doing a take on specifically fairy tale. It's more just kind of, this is, this is like Kelly said, the scary movie thing where it's just like, it just started to become the Shrek movies just became like, let's just like tell a story. And then like, we'll have a random family guy esque cutaway to a funny joke. That's a parody of something, but it's all good. So it's not bad. You know, you can't go wrong. It's all good. So it's not bad. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> you know, you can go wrong though. Mm. Marty, do you have a song for us? Oh, you can go very wrong. Tread lightly. <laughs> Gentlemen, you know how I've done a few theme songs for my novelty song segments. We've covered the theme songs of many professional wrestlers, including John Cena, right? But today, we're not covering a wrestler's theme song. No, no, no. Instead, we are covering a series of theme songs for a famous movie character? I'm gonna what? (laughs) That's right. This week's novelty song is... Various James Bond theme songs. No, we're not fucking play. way. I was just this morning. I was listening to some podcast where they like mentioned uh, James Bond, and I started in middle school no. band. We <laughs> played the theme song, so I was just remembering like all the little parts in the theme song. Oh, I was driving to work. And now, wow, what a coincidence! Oh my god! Oh my god! Everything's coming together. So we're not going to play the original theme because everybody knows it. Uh, it was written in 1962, was first featured in the first Bond flick, Dr. No. The song is credited to Monty Norman, an English composer, though the producers of the first Bond film had John Barry, another composer who would go on to compose a lot of the James Bond theme songs. He rearranged the composition to the point where Barry claims he actually wrote the theme, though Monty Norman has won two libel cases to dispute this and has received royalties for the original song ever since. Norman claims that the song was inspired by the song Good Sign, Bad Sign, which I believe is his own uh, arrangement, which featured in a musical called A House for Mr. I don't know how to pronounce this. Biswaz? Baywaz? I think it's Baywaz. Baywatch. It's a film set in the Indian community in Trinidad. But let's get a little taste of the inspiration for the James Bond theme. Good Sign, Bad Sign. This unlucky sneeze, and what is worse, I came into the world the wrong so, way round. So, did he get money for this? Probably not. Uh. This was his song, so he—that's why he says like I was inspired by this sign. I was this song. I was inspired by my own song. He wrote song it. Yeah, he wrote, wrote a song, song that sounded like that other song. He's like I was inspired by myself. Right. <laughs> oh wait, so he wrote this, and then he also wrote the James Bond theme. He wrote the original version. They rewrote it. They tried to take credit away from him. He sued and has been credited since then. Uh, but the guy who like rewrote the James B- theme song has written all of the other James theme- Bond theme songs, which all in varying degrees, which is why I'm covering it. They all sound like this original song. Like they all have like various moments that sound like the original theme song. I don't know. That's interesting. You should say moments because I think there are a little, there are a lot of like little, there are like a bunch of themes. Like, there, you know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like the ding, 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 
the ver- some, most of them, a lot of them do have, they have those elements in them, except for a couple of them, which we're going to get to. But like, uh, even like the big ones that were like, kind of like just regular rock songs, like the Jack White one or the Chris Cornell one, they still yeah. had that in there. I got to know who brought in the, uh, this song was recorded in June of 1962 using five saxophones. The original James Bond theme is what I'm talking about now. Using five saxophones, nine brass instruments, a solo guitar, and a rhythm section. The theme song, theme song featured throughout the Bond flicks, with different versions of the arrangement, obviously, as well as, you know, these original themes that were created for the opening credits of the Bond franchise, which has a really specific look and style to it. Over 70 covers of the original theme have been created, but we're not just here to talk about this theme. We're here to talk about other theme songs. Over the years, many famous musicians and composers have created the songs used for the opening credits of the James Bond franchise, usually alongside composer John Barry, the guy who kind of took over from Monty Norman for the original theme. Uh, We range from the recent No Time to Die by Billie Eilish to Paul McCartney and Wings' Live and Let Die to Goldeneye by Bono and the Edge to Die Another Day by Madonna and to the song A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Let's take a listen to A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. You had me at Duran. Do I like it? Yes. Is it trash? Absolutely. That is a garbage, that's an F-tier James Bond theme. Yes, I was surprised. I I feel like when artists are asked to do James Bond themes, it has to be like the highest pressure. Like, I can't even imagine. I think think people like really overthink it and it turns out bad a lot of the times. That's, I don't know. Some of them are memorable, but most of them I'm like, ooh, that was the theme? You got anything about... uh, Tom Jones Thunderball in your little spiel? No. Oh, okay. You <laughs> you say that suspiciously. I just want to. I mean, shout- if you want to talk about it. No, no, no. I just yeah. want to shout it out. It's one. It's a good. It's a good Bond theme. Okay. Let's take a listen. That's the- Marty. <laughs> <laughs> we can play it. Play it. I want to hear it. Uh, before we play that, though, let's say I want to ask you guys a question about the Duran Duran song. Where do you guys think the Duran Duran song of "You to a Kill" peaked on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100? 99. It sucked. 007. <laughs> Kelly gets it. It peaked at number one, and it's the only James Bond theme song to peak at number <laughs> one in the fucking U.S. St- the, the very worst mm-hmm. one. The 80s were a joke. <laughs> Dude, I, it's, it's honestly just because, like, at that point, the Bond franchise was so popular in the mid-80s, and Duran Duran was a big name. That's what it is with all these theme songs. They just get the biggest act at the time. That's every single time. They just get, he was a huge act that we can get. Did you find this? And now, hijacking Marty's music segment, it's time for Scott and Kelly's music segment, where we listen to (laughs) Thunderball by Tom Jones. I feel like the exact opposite about this song as I do about the Duran Duran one. I think this song fucking sucks, but it's a good James Bond theme. <laughs> <laughs> Which that and that is the thing I would say, yeah. If you want more info on these songs, the Wikipedia pages themselves are so extensive on like most of these songs. Like you can find so much detail about a lot of these James Bond theme songs. 
And they're all really weird. And the process of them, there's so many famous bands who've like done theme songs and then got turned down. There's bands who like clearly wrote James Bond theme songs and they didn't get picked and they just like released it anyway. I'm thinking of the Arctic Monkeys spinoff band, Last Shadow Puppets, who basically had like a whole album of Bond themes, basically. They're just clearly trying really hard. They're like, ah, we're going to get there. Yeah. Yes. Fucking Live and Let Die is like, is like legitimately like a cool, like what if a Beatle wrote a james bond song for like the first like 90 seconds and then he just gives up and he's like i'll just do my little reggae thing (laughs) so gentlemen we've got a quick quiz this week called the james bond quiz just some trivia about the franchise 007 questions for you boys this week why why did you put the two o's in (laughs) you did that for your uh billboard guess well that's because it was out of a (laughs) hundred question number one there have been six actors who have portrayed james bond in the main series sean connery george lazenby roger moore timothy dalton pierce brosnan and daniel craig tell me which of them appeared as james bond in the most films can you relist the ones i don't know (laughs) george lazenby roger roger moore timothy dalton Damn, that was going to be my guess, so I shall say fucking Kunere. Roger Moore with seven films. Though Daniel Craig is actually technically the longest tenured, as his movies have taken, like, he's been Bond for like 20 years almost at this point. Uh Number two. The James Bond franchise has won five Academy Awards in four different categories over their history. What categories have they won in? Hint one. One of these categories no longer exists and is now called something else. The Bond franchise won for the original category and for the new one. I learned my lesson last time, and I'm going to say best sound design. That's one. Scott gets the one that was turned into the new category. Kelly? Special effects. Visual effects, yes. Best picture. It's so good. No way. Did not win any best pictures. Not a chance. Oh, I thought we were talking nominated. Holy shit. It was never nominated for that either. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll let you play in our little award show, but you are not going to play in the big boy court. No, never. <laughs> they would never. Not an action movie. No, they would never. Um, Yeah, two left. What's your best folly? Foley? <laughs> best sound effects. I'll give it to you. But that was the best sound effects is what it used to be. No, and now it's, it's called best sound editing. Sound editing and sound mixing is what they call it. They split it into two things. So, Scott, you get the less guess. Um, best costume? Wardrobe? Incorrect. Song? Oh, music. Duh. Fuck. Kelly gets it. Best original song. Yes. Bond themes have been awarded a Grammy twice for the best song written for visual media which used to be called something else. Now it's called this. Tell me which two songs won the Grammy for best. What was it? Best song written for visual media. Hint, the two performers, the two songs, sorry, the two songs are also the name of the Bond movie that they are in. Second hint, both performers are still alive. Die another day. Incorrect. Die another day did not win a Grammy. Uh, mm, never, uh, what, never, never, never have I ever, never have I ever, 
<laughs> that is not a Bond movie. Never let die. Never die let. No. <laughs> never say never. No, I did not. No. <laughs> Third hint. Jeez. Both if, this, of these songs... if this question was just name a Bond movie, you would lose. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Third hint. Both songs are performed by women. The Billie Eilish one. No, because that one's not out yet. Um, but the song was released last year. So did she win? Well, can you tell me if I'm right or not? <laughs> What's the name of the song? Oh, oh I have to say the name. Oh, fuck you. And then it's Marty's a piece of shit. Did I get it? <laughs> Billie Eilish's No Time to Die did win a Grammy last year. Yes. Thank you. I don't get a point, of course, but. Um, are you mad about it, Kelly? It was a casino royale. <laughs> <laughs> Skyfall, Adele's Skyfall That's it. won a Grammy. I thought it was Adele's, but I didn't. I had no idea. I do not care that much for the Bond series. I'm sorry. I didn't think it, when I was writing these, I was like, I can probably make these pretty easy because I I believe both of you are like pretty much novices when it comes to the Bond. They movies. fucking suck. I remember every Christmas. Oh no! <laughs> every Christmas they would have the between Christmas and New Year's the Bond like marathon on yeah mm-hmm. whatever. TNT uh, or T- TNN. Yeah, and it changed to yeah. Spike. And every Christmas I would tr- be like, oh, that sounds rad. Everyone says these movies are great. And I would watch it and I'd be like, this sucks. These are all stupid and bad and slow and dumb. Number four. In the Bond films, the female protagonists are misogynistically referred to as Bond girls, and they are generally named with a very dumb pun based on the female anatomy. Hilariously parodied by the Austin Powers franchise, of course. I've got seven names for you, gentlemen. Tell me which one of these names is fake. Holly Goodhead, Pussy Galore, Kissy Suzuki, Dr. Christmas Jones, Strawberry Fields, Octopussy, or Molly Warm Flash. How many are fake? What was the first one? Uh, Name them all again. Name them all again. Okay. Seven names. You tell me which one of these is fake. Holly Goodhead, Pussy Galore, Kissy Suzuki, Dr. Christmas Jones, (laughs) Strawberry Fields... Octopussy, I realized you're just getting me to name them again. Uh, Molly Warm One Flash. more time and, and do it <laughs> no, slow, I mean, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's between Kissy Suzuki and Dr. Christmas Jones. I, uh, Dr. Christmas Jones, I desperately want to be fake. How many are fake? <laughs> just one. The fucked up part is. Seven names. You have to tell me which of them is fake. Oh, That's what oh, I have oh, here. oh, there's a couple that are fake. That's what I'm then. saying. Oh, or... then, okay. Kissy Suzuki. I don't give it away. Okay. So can we guess and then you'll tell us if we're right or wrong? Sure. Okay. I'm going to guess Dr. Christmas Jones. I have to know. Dr. Christmas Jones is real, played by (laughs) Denise Richards. That is not a a name that Marty would think is funny. (laughs) No, I think that one's so funny. That's the funniest one in this list. (laughs) No, I know, but you wouldn't write that one as a joke in this scenario. No, 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 no. no. Dr. Christmas Jones, like, it's like, it could be, it could be who, I forget who you said the actress was, or it could be, I would, if you said that character was in a movie and then, like, fucking uh, Rodney Dangerfield walked out, I'd be like, (laughs) yup. Of course, sure. <laughs> Kelly, you have Holly a guess? Goodhead. The answer is that they're all real. Oh, <laughs> whoa. this is baloney. Kissy Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. 
Kissy Suzuki's real. I, that's the one I couldn't Kissy believe. Kissy Suzuki, I was like, that one's real. Because it's too dumb to be. Uh, good. Uh, you're forgetting the, is the, um, the James Bond Cars crossover. <laughs> Kissy Suzuki played by a Suzuki, of course. Yeah. Uh, number five. How does James Bond like his martini? Shaken, not stirred. Scott gets a point. All right. Hooray. There you go, Scott. You can have that one. I'm actually very smart. <laughs> number six. James Bond drives many cars in his films, but the most well known is the Aston Martin DB5, which has appeared in seven Bond films. How many doors does the car have? But two. Zero doors. You have to go in through the window. Scott gets it again. It has two doors. It's like the 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 racist car from Dukes of Hazard. You always got it going through those windows. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does it have a trunk though? Yes. Uh, is the trunk in the front or is it in the back? Is it the boot or the bonnet, sir? It's frunk. <laughs> it's called the front. Remember when they drove that car down the stairs? Uh huh. That is, in what movie? Uh, one of the Bonds, but then they also did a car downstairs drive in the Italian job. Why didn't you go over the Italian job? Much more fun of a film than any of the Bond films. <laughs> wow, not true. Number seven. Final question, gentlemen. Seven Academy Award winning actors have appeared in the James Bond franchise. I'm going to give you the movie that they won their acting award for. You guys tell me who the actor is. And if you happen to know which Bond movie they appeared in, I'll give you a bonus point. I think at this point you guys are tied two to two. So, number one, The Untouchables. Pierce Brosnan. I've, I've, I don't really know the first thing about this movie other than the stroller falls down the stairs. Mm. So I will say the stroller. Oh, that's that movie. <laughs> uh, Sean Connery, who has appeared in many James Bond films, he won for Best Supporting Actor. Gold mem- gold Goldfinger. <laughs> Do I get a point? No. Because <laughs> I gave you the answer. <laughs> the Deer Hunter. Uh, hey, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot me. Ding, ding, ding. Christopher Walken is the answer. And Here he's guess his movie. in Gold Lady. O- Octopussy. <laughs> Incorrect. Scott gets a point, though. Scott leads three to two. Traffic. What movie is he in? Who's... Oh, he's in A View to a Kill. Sorry. That's not a Bond movie. Halle Berry. Incorrect. Halle Berry's not in Traffic. What am I thinking of? Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe? <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. The it's Guardian Leviosa, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my segment's not going to top this one. I want to quit. Benicio Del Toro, who starred in License to Kill, as a henchman before he, well before he was famous. Shakespeare in Love. This is the easy you one. You kind of cut out, but I think Sorry, you said Sha- Shakespeare in Love. I did say Shakespeare in Love, yes. Halle Berry. Incorrect. Scott. Bruce Willis. Dame Judi Dench, who also has appeared in many James Bond films. (laughs) Goldfinger. Uh, Good for her. She played Moneypenny. Give me a point. (laughs) Monsters Ball. Who starred in Monsters Ball? Why are you naming movies? Nobody's ever. Why are you naming movies for 
He picked the Gen X. This is movie no. List. This is what they won Academy Awards for, Scotto. Oh, yeah, that's could, why like, I've never it, seen them because I'm an uncultured. Swine. These are movies that people do indeed know, just not us lowbrow folk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Kelly was making fun of us for not doing already. These aren't even that. These are all popular movies. These are all famous <laughs> movies. I told I was making fun of us for not talking about them more, but I was also <laughs> yes. making fun of myself for <laughs> trying to care but failing. So I feel like I'm, I'll give you guys. What's the movie again? Moneyball, Monsters Ball. I'll also give you a hint. No, go ahead, Kelly. It's John. It's John Goodman. <laughs> he <laughs> plays the big blue guy. <laughs> uh, the performer, the performer oh, for the it's who Charlie won this Theron. award. I think Charlie Theron. Final incorrect. answer. Incorrect. That's just that's just monster. This is she plays Eileen so Munoz. The actress who won this award, I believe, was the first black actress to win. I think since like Gone with the Wind. I think, wow. or maybe ever. Halle Berry. So who? Who? Thank you. Yes, you guys guessed Halle Berry four times and in a row. She, and you didn't uh, guess we her. all know the Bond film Halle Berry was in. It was Gold Never Dies Tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> I think it's Die Another Day, where they drive through the ice. It is. Isn't she? In- no bonus points. All right. Fine. Uh, Scott still leads, I think, by one. What? How? Point. No country. No, because he got, he still has the most. He got the he got Christopher. Walken. I got three from the second one. Hey Marty. Okay, fine. You're tied. Well, no, that was worth one point. What? <laughs> I don't need those last two words. Javier Bardem. Yes, Scott gets that one. And I don't remember <laughs> the name Bardem. of it, but it's the one where his face is all fucked up. To face face me again tomorrow, yeah, old man. Yeah, that's the name of the Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what's funny is I have said all of these titles thirty times in this no, segment, and you guys have retained. One. It's none not of Casino Royale. The thing it's is, Skyfall. Marty, I think I, it's Skyfall. I'm gonna say Skyfall. Scott gets a bonus point for Skyfall. I, I am like. When you feed Bond films into an AI machine and it spits them out, what it thinks a Bond film would be named. That's me. You so. said we weren't going to know any of this stuff, and now you're mad because we don't know any of this stuff. I, I know. I, I, Dude, I understand. <laughs> I'm wrong. Royal Sky no, Gold wrong. dies tomorrow. Be, don't scold us, please. I'm not scolding you. Last one. This one's an easy one, guys. A nice easy one to wrap up the segment with. Thank you. In, this, this performer won... For their performance in *Inglorious Bastards* and *Django Unchained*. Ah, uh, Jamie Fox. <laughs> I'm gonna say Christoph Waltz. Scott wins the quiz. And of course, c- casinos are falling tomorrow. Gold from the sky. Die, die. He, of course, was in *Spectre*. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that one was even That's a the thing. All film. the old Bond movies are like shoot me again and you'll die tomorrow. <laughs> and then all the and then the new ones are just like concrete. The new ones <laughs> the new ones are like they hire a, a director and they're like, so what password do you use to get into your computer? And then they're just like, Okay, perfect. Plane That's crash. The of the film. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bond movies turned into what if we make the Jason Bourne movies, but then title it like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Mm. <laughs> so like very bland. And we use the font from Inception. <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, I got a product. It's not going to live up to any expectations at all. Well, ever. mine are very high. But it's thematic. This week, oh. we're talking about pinball, but not just any pinball. We're talking about a pinball machine that I am very passionate about. 
The oh. Shrek pinball machine. Oh. Nice. You guys, that's a novelty tie. You guys familiar with this Shrek pinball machine? Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you? Is Do it you... one of the ones? Is it one of the ones that has mini pinball on it? It does have mini pinball on it. That's correct. Yeah. Do you know why I'm passionate about this machine, Scott? Um, because you're kind of a dork. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> But also, I'm passionate about it because it's fucking trash, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I think it's the worst pinball machine I've ever played. And I've played a lot. Oh, that's actually kind of cool, then. (laughs) This pinball machine, you know the... Okay, so this pinball machine, it's got the mini pinball. It's got Shrek in the middle. It's got all Shrek themes, Uh, all-star plays, whatever. Farquats probably in it. I don't give a shit. The reason it's trash is because it's based off another shitty pinball machine, the Family Guy pinball machine. This Shrek pinball machine is just a reskin of the Family Guy machine that was only supposed to take like two months, but then it took like four months, and it's just all around garbage. The mini pinball in the Family Guy machine... I'll just go over the concept of it quick. You try to hit certain five different shots... There's Meg, Chris, uh, Lois, Peter, and Stewie, I believe, or maybe. Hey, how'd yeah. I get so small in the pinball machine? <laughs> it might be Brian. It's one of the two, and you have to light up their the letters on their name. Curse you! The Shrek pinball machine is reskinned so that you light up Shrek, of course, Fiona, sure, Prince Charming. Uh, that one's a little weird. Yeah, uh, everyone's favorite character. And then the one that takes over where Meg is is Man, and it's it says gingerbread on the left side of it, and then it has M A N. Donkey's not in it. Yeah, and it's also got like uh, pigs or something. I don't know. Some one other yeah, character. Yeah, the three oh, little pigs. The three little pigs. They're in the first. No, one. No, but yeah, but it's like, this, they're in both. Is it really that important that we know which five characters are on the? I just, five it's just a shitty hit? reskin, is what I'm telling you. That could mm-hmm. use the main characters, but it can't because it's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole right. when it's reskinning oh, so the Family so Guy you, machine. You're you're saying that. You're saying that in the mini pinball on Shrek, because there aren't five core characters, they should have changed the number of. Uh, shots you have to hit in the mini pinball and it's disingenuous that they exactly. did not do that. No, there's they don't change uh, the number of shots. This is just wrong. They don't cha- they should change the number of shots is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're a man of honor and principle, Kelly. I've always said that about you. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, honor principle. It has to live by a code. HPP, that's my code. I like the sh- the Family Guy pinball machine. Yeah, because you're a fucking heathen, bro. You'll <laughs> anything that blinks lights at you. Obviously, you've already talked about the jo- the Bond film, so yeah, anything that's like wow. flashing lights. Wow. Cool, dude. Kelly, Kelly, what's your favorite movie? Kelly, what's your favorite movie of all time? Let's just let, let's just have this I mean, that's a hard let's question to answer. It. That's a hard uh-huh, question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would go SLC Punk. <laughs> yeah, it's not everyone's. No one. It's a polarizing flick. I'll tell you that much. I don't need to say any more to defend myself from you, Kelly. That is a. That is my my pick for my favorite film. Yes, but I realize that it's controversial. It's a good conversation starter. Oh, no! By all means, like whatever you like. I know, I mean, but I'm saying I don't. It's not like there's. It's not an Oscar-winning film. It's fucking trash, really. But I like a lot hey, of the parts in it. 
Matthew Lillard, great actor. I love Matthew we Lillard. We love Matthew Lillard. Who doesn't love him? He's great. When he plays Shaggy in Scooby-Doo, and also uh, in Scooby-Doo 2, and also, when are we going to watch uh, those movies? <laughs> we could do Scooby-Doo. Yes, those movies? At this yeah. point, we could do any oh movie Oh my we god, want. those movies... I'm fine with that. I've seen... Hey, do you have like a quiz or anything? I don't have anything. No, I just wanted to talk about how (laughs) shitty Shrek is. So we can end. (laughs) All right. Then, no, no, no. We can keep fighting for another approximately like two minutes. Okay. (laughs) All right. What else do you want to fight? I don't know. I kind of got it all out. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should... I think we got it going for the clothes, boys. A novelty pinball machine for the novelty product segment. Who doesn't love that? I'm breaking all the rules. I'm crushing the walls down here at Spoof Scoofs. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to say that a pinball machine is a lazy reskin. What do you think about... Kelly... With this last uh, 90 seconds we got here, let's hear your top three pinball machines. Terminator 2, Ooh. Judgment Day. Ooh, Fucking fantastic one. machine, great skill is shots, very difficult. Is that the one where the shooter of the ball onto the field of play is the handle of a gun? Yes, indeed it is. Uh, next next one, I really like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is one of my favorites. Uh, Ghostbusters rules. The new one, it's fucking, it's fantastic. It's so good. Uh, there's a lot of difficult skill shots in that one, but since it's newer and it's come out in the past decade, the flippers are always nice and tight. That's My third true. favorite one's probably Spider-Man, just because I'm good at that one, and mm. it hits me. It, I love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. So pizza time. Yep. There. I don't think there's a pizza time shot in it, but boy, <laughs> they should. Boy, should they should be. update it and have a little patch about that because it'd be real good. <laughs> so yeah, those are my All three right, favorites. Boys. Well, speaking of pizza time, it's quitting time. For Farewell. This podcast. Next week we're doing Shark Tale, also a rom com. Oh, a theme this month. Yeah, we're reason. doing only rom coms. <laughs> it doesn't matter that they're DreamWorks. Well. I look forward to it. Listeners, we love ya. And we really appreciate it.